0: Welcome to Job Seekers Radio, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This is a podcast dedicated to providing you meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not, we are coming to you live, well, not really live. We're recording this live (laughs) from a remote location in the beautiful city of Portland. That's the City of Roses. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're going to cover the six daily activities that you should participate in on LinkedIn to
1: help network and find jobs. Right. We're going to be talking about this primarily for people who haven't used LinkedIn a lot, or maybe not at all, or haven't really um, dug into the details on why LinkedIn may be a good option or how to use it, Uh, for those who are listening who already know LinkedIn, hopefully this will add a few tips uh, or jog your memory so that your profile comes up more often in searches for people.
0: Regardless of where you are in your maturity level with LinkedIn, This really is a basics, back to the fundamentals of what you should be doing, uh, but maybe aren't aware of what to do. Right. And
1: things that you should be doing often. Often,
0: almost daily. The number one thing to do when you're um, working with LinkedIn on a daily basis is to connect to new people. That is the whole foundation for the
1: platform and the reason most people are there right um, we often think of putting up our profile and then waiting for success to happen and while that may work for some people it's probably not going to work for everyone so we really highly recommend that we get in there if not every day if you don't have the bandwidth say you're working a full-time job and you're looking for something new you may not have as much time but you need to be in there regularly if you are looking for a job every day I would say start your day on LinkedIn. Make sure that you're doing something every day to be out there connecting with people, looking for people with common backgrounds or that who are working at companies that you want to target. And we'll talk about that in a minute.
0: Well, target companies is really where it starts. If you're if you're wanting to work somewhere, you know, locally like Nike or Intel or some of the big companies that you would be aware of, Amazon. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. The nice thing about LinkedIn is you can go right to the company page and then see all the employees that are there on LinkedIn. Uh, I think the idea behind what you would do every day is actually send a connection request Mm -hmm. to
1: maybe five or ten people a day so that you can get in some kind of rhythm. As you do that, I would recommend that you not uh, send it to five people on the same department. Because if they were to see you coming at them in full force, that's going to put some people off. Others might actually look at that as, a, as a, a good thing, but I generally say be cautious when reaching out to people you don't know. So if you are targeting a company, you're really trying to penetrate into the, the depths of their, um, their employee bank, uh, do so strategically. Don't, don't overdo it.
0: Set yourself a goal for the number that you want to connect with, whether that's in one company or in a domain um, right. of experience or job title. Right. So that's the first thing, just connect with people. Uh, the second thing is say something intelligent. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Too often, uh, I think both of us will get uh, comments from people or, or requests from people that, that actually go to the effort to put a, a message into that connection request, but they have nothing intelligent to say. It's, it's just a yo, or, or when people are commenting, say it's my birthday, uh, happy birthday. Is that the best you got? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So if that's the best you've got in in just a comment, what are you going to bring to the table as an employee? Right. I realize that that may not be inherently connected, but that's the impression you're giving. So if it's people you don't know well, I would say, say something intelligent, make it personal. When you
0: post or comment on anything, try to demonstrate your competence. I think the idea here is by sharing something intelligent, it should be around your domain of interest, where you're seeking employment, or trying to uh, perpetuate some kind of a brand
1: right. for yourself. Share content that you come up with, uh, that you come across, that is relevant to the industry that you're seeking, or if, if you're in one of the, the LinkedIn groups, uh, that is relevant to that group. Uh, anytime you share content, it shows that you are well-read, or at least that's the implication, um, that you are actively reading about that industry or that topic. Uh, people will see it. Once they see that you've you've done this quite a few times, they will look to you as something of a content expert.
0: Well, speaking of content, you can also write articles. LinkedIn has a rich blogging platform inside of their Uh, Ecosystem, so it's very easy for you to, you know, put a head photo and uh, have um, a whole blogging setup that you don't have to maintain your own website.
1: Right, and this is relatively new for those of us who have been on LinkedIn for a long time. We could post articles that we had written, but they they were generally just attachments or links to our own blog. They've now created their own, so that we can publish our thoughts on their blog. Uh, it, it's connected to our accounts. So again, we become the, the content expert.
0: LinkedIn also added something new recently, and that's called hashtags. That's something that was really prevalent in Twitter. And so it's kind of carried over into LinkedIn and LinkedIn's allowed you now to follow certain hashtags. Like for me, I follow leadership because I want to see what's happening under that. And you can click on the hashtag and it'll show you all the content current that relates to leadership. So that's a great way to find things to share or comment on to demonstrate your competence. Right.
1: Um, as you're working with the groups that you that you belong to, uh, be sure that you are engaging in conversation in those groups, whether that's commenting on someone else's post, posting something of your own, asking questions. Um, uh, Offering advice. Right. Yeah. There, there are all sorts of participants who will post questions about a whole bunch of topics, it, it doesn't matter that you have all the answers. What matters is that people see you engaging. Uh, it's just like going to a gym mm. when you think about it. I can go to the gym and nobody says hello to me the first day I'm there. Um, nobody acknowledges me for the first week. But starting the second week, the third week, when they see me there every day, it's I become a part of their a, a part of their world, if you will. It's a it, it's a part of their experience at the gym. So they're far more likely to respond well when I tell them hello three weeks into more it. More familiar. Absolutely. You get the repetitions and the impressions. It's, it's and they know you're the, dedicated.
0: Yeah, it's one of the key components of branding.
1: Right. right? Is, is to actually have repetitions of a, a consistent message. Right. Or, you gotta be visible. Right. So so be visible, make those comments, ask questions, provide information and advice, and if you're asking questions, ask for information and advice. We all love to give those two things.
0: Yeah, who doesn't like to talk about themselves and their experience yeah, you know, right. When, when asked, right? So that's the second one. Say
1: something intelligent. The number three, messages. Uh, reach out to scheduled meetings. Leave messages for people. Don't just give up because they didn't answer the phone or if they're you know, they they're not responding to a text message. Send them an email. Be sure that you are leaving your, your digital um, calling card every time you reach out to contact because as you do, people will respond the more often you go. I think about a time when I was doing uh, advertising sales many years ago, and this was before the internet that really took off but that dates me doesn't it but i had a potential client he had been a client of our company in the past and had fallen out of our publication for a variety of reasons, and it was my job as the sales manager to go back and try to to win these folks back. So this one client uh, told me no, and I asked him, "Can I come back next week?" He said yes. So I went back the next week, and this went on several times. I think it was my sixth visit when he finally said, "Why do you keep coming back when I'm not buying from you?" And I looked him in the eye and I said, "Because I know you will." And he did that day. So the more often people see you, you can cross a line into stalking or being obnoxious. Use your best judgment, but do leave a message. Let them know. Because if you don't, then you really are stalking. I think the
0: other thing to remember is that when you're sending a connection request, oftentimes you customize that message. That's what we totally recommend. But what happens is people sometimes will accept that request without ever having read your message.
1: Oh, that's and so I think it's
0: important that after they accept your message, you actually send them another one. Hey, thanks for connecting. Appreciate you doing that. Do you have time for me to talk about whatever it is that
1: you put in that original request message? There, there are two two ways of getting a connection request out there. One, you'll see the the people you may know, and there's a button underneath everybody's picture and name that says connect or next to it. And when you click on that, it just sends the request. It doesn't give you an opportunity to send a message. That's fine. What I generally do is click through to that person's profile and send the message from there. Yeah. Then you have the ability to send a personalized message. So if I'm reaching out to someone and I tell them, I want to reach out or I want to connect with you because I see you have this experience and I would like to know more. I'm far more likely to get a response than if I just send a message saying, please uh, include me in your uh, your network.
0: It also adds credibility that you actually looked at their profile and said something intelligent about them and their experience or even offered them a kudos on doing a great job. Uh, I think the other thing about messaging that's important is it gives you an opportunity to schedule a meeting outside of the ecosystem. So where you can go have a coffee, a phone call, grab a lunch whatever, so that you can actually build that relationship in a three-dimensional fashion. Right.
1: You may not get a response on that right away to, to go out for coffee with somebody who is already working and busy. Um They're already working and they're busy. So I I try not to get discouraged in those situations, especially if I'm not employed and I'm I'm really trying hard to find a job. The sense of urgency is going to be higher for me than it is for the other person. We have to keep that in mind. With that said, uh, I agree. An in-person meeting is always more effective than trying to connect on the phone or via email. It is always better. So reach out early for that face-to-face connection.
0: I'm all for whatever you can get. Right. Okay. If it's face, great. If it's phone, great. I'm just, I'm okay with whatever I can get. Yes. Uh, So that's the third one. Don't be afraid of the LinkedIn messaging platform. Send those messages. Uh, Number four is make introductions. Now, you may be in a position where you've just met somebody and you know somebody else that they should be talking to. I think it's totally appropriate for you to send a message to both parties and make an introduction and, and go that extra step. You have
1: nothing to lose right. and everything to gain by doing that. And, and you're also providing both parties a warm handoff. So it's not going to be that connection isn't happening uh, out of the blue. Uh, you know, person A is not reaching out to person B. Person B doesn't know who person A is. The, the connection doesn't happen. You are actually making an introduction, albeit on a a platform, but you are helping that connection actually happen. And more connections happen that way than just sending a connection request. Um, You, Andrew, actually gave me a good idea that when I make a connection, I follow up with uh, with both people, hey, did it happen? The other side of that is if someone is introducing me to a third party, I follow up with the person doing the introduction to let them know how it went. uh, If I had any other questions or if I need to approach something differently, especially if that first connection didn't really go well. Hey, give me some advice on how I can uh, correct this or recover. And usually if, if they know each other, well, that can work. If they don't, you're not out anything because you wouldn't have had the introduction anyway. Well, and it may be somebody that you're trying to build credibility
0: with. So if you're making that introduction, they get to see you again. It's another impression, like we said before, Excellent. that allows you to, to facilitate uh, your branding message one more time. Good point. Um, and so anyway, that's it. Make introductions.
1: The other thing about making introductions that I do recommend is... Don't hesitate to introduce someone even though you don't know that third party well because you don't know whether or not the connection you're making for them is actually going to be helpful to both of them. Um, If someone has connected with me on LinkedIn, I'm going to make the assumption that they are okay with me then reaching out to them later. Otherwise, why make the connection in the first place? So even though it's been... Five years since I've spoken to somebody, uh, I- I'm still going to introduce them to people if I think they're the right person, whether that be because of their background, maybe the industry they're in, maybe it was the industry they used to be in and could provide some insight some historical insight mm. that would actually be helpful to the, the person who's asking.
0: Well, and if you've been following these six steps that we're going to be sharing with you and you're your writing posts and you're commenting and you're building a presence on LinkedIn, even if you haven't talked to this person, they're still probably seeing your stuff. And so, Or, or they the, can go back and look at it.
1: Right. They'll go back to your profile and look at what you've been doing. Yeah. Either way, you're gaining There's the credibility. There's little
0: breadcrumbs yep. all over that profile. All so, over. Yeah. So that's number four. Make
1: introductions. Get in there and make it happen. Number five, compliment people. Give thanks to them. For their efforts, whether that's in connecting or in connecting with your your networking people, uh, you know, whatever that is, always show appreciation. Um, an attitude of gratitude is talked about a lot. I don't know that we're all really good at it, <laughs> but... Showing that makes it easier to work with you. I, I think about a couple of people that I used to work with in a former job. One, that they, 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 we were all in the same department. One of them was really just easy to work with. If he, If you did anything for him, he would say thank you. He would show his gratitude by reciprocating. I mean, it was really easy working with him. The other person in our department was not easy to work with. She had a a sense that I was there to help her, and that's where it ended. Hmm. And I did you know, I helped her, but it was not an easy relationship. And so I ended up working more often with the one that I had the easy relationship with. When we're talking about LinkedIn, we're talking about these messages that we send back and forth or the connections that we make, or that coffee meeting that we have with someone that we met on LinkedIn. When we are uh, complimenting them, we're not saying be insincere. We're talking about, hey, I really Valued the article you posted, or your insights were very helpful to me. That's the kind of compliment we're we're talking about. Not, hey, I think your photo looks really good. Um, well, unless somebody's asking for it, right? Yeah. If they're
0: asking for a review of their LinkedIn profile, that's oh, okay. When, you know, hey, I wish you guys would look at my profile. Then you can go in and give them kudos. But LinkedIn makes this very easy to give thanks and compliments. They notify you when somebody gets a new job. They no- notify you when somebody gets promoted. And they also tell you about work anniversaries and right. birthdays. So this is an opportunity for you to just go into the notifications section on LinkedIn. And it's easy to see because it's always got a number on it, right? The little red number. Uh, and so you just go in there. What I would suggest is don't use the boilerplate language that they have Please in there. Don't. Happy, Please don't. Happy birthday, so and so. It's or, so insincere. Or good job. It's yeah. like
1: it, it's lazy.
0: It, it is totally lazy. Yeah, it's disingenuous. Yeah. Don't do that.
1: Yeah, uh, no. uh, actually
0: write something intelligent. The other and disadvantage personal.
1: of using the canned responses that they have the little buttons for is that it sends just that message from the button. Right. It doesn't give you a chance to personalize it. Don't use them. Go in take the 30 seconds to type out a three sentence personalized message and send a really good uh, message for them. Yeah. Um, Something else?
0: On top of that, you get to put a picture. So, I mean, if you had uh, a nice picture you wanted to share of somebody, you know, uh, cheering or or a a thumbs up or a way to go, you know, emojis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of options. Whatever
1: you can do to make it Uh, a positive experience for the recipient, the better you're going to come across. Other ways that we can compliment them or to, to show our appreciation to them is to endorse skills that you know they have. And I say that please only endorse skills for people when you know they have them. Otherwise it's kind of meaningless. Preferably write a recommendation. They are more respected than skill endorsements. And they can demonstrate how you worked with that person, which helps both of you. It's not just about the other person that, that you are recommending. You are giving yourself an opportunity to show your own writing skills.
0: The, the benefit of doing that, the endorsements and the recommendations, is that you're giving not so much that you're going to get, but there's a higher probability that they're going to reciprocate your what you're doing. And so, uh, by giving them a recommendation, it's highly likely they'll give you one back. So just make sure that you're you're honest about it, and you give them as much praise for the things they want to be recommended for.
1: And if you're unsure about how to do that, ask them. Uh, what well, a great it, it, compliment! It, it gives them c-
0: a chance to edit and say, "Hey, sure. could you could you change this?" And, Absolutely. You know, so you get a chance to send a message with it. And they have a chance to edit and give you a recommendation right. back. So it's just, there's no way to lose on that deal. And
1: I've never known anyone who didn't appreciate a recommendation.
0: Well, and there's a new feature that LinkedIn just launched on mobile. It's on mobile only, and it's not entirely rolled out to everyone, but it's, it's a kudos thing that's available on, on their website. So when you go to their website, you'll see, or, or to the the mobile app, you'll see a new little icon at the bottom that allows you to uh, actually send that. And so when you go to to do a, a post, it should be at the bottom and it looks like a little ribbon. Oh, yeah. Do you see it there?
1: I see it there. Okay. Hey, that That's new to me.
0: Yeah. So there's a little ribbon on, when you go to post something, Um, that allows you to give kudos to another person. Oh, look, you came up on my list. (laughs) How could I be top of the list? (laughs) How does that happen? It's got to be alphabetical. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's another way to give thanks. Complimenting people, giving thanks, showing
1: appreciation is, is a good thing. That's number five. Number six, update a section of your profile. It is the easiest thing to do. You don't have to update a lot. If nothing has changed, Update where you put a period or a comma or something like that and save it. The reason why this is important is because when uh, job, uh, those who have jobs available are doing searches for potential candidates, the recruiters are, are using Facebook, and I know a lot of recruiters who use only, I said Facebook, I meant LinkedIn, they only use LinkedIn. What this does is it puts you up to the top of their list because it is the most recent profile. Update a section. The, the section that we would
0: recommend updating are three sections, really. The headline, the summary, and experience. The right. headline is that little section of text that's under your name. And by default, that's your title at company, which in a lot of cases is building a great brand for the company you work for, but not so much for you.
1: Right. It, it, it's totally changeable. Does not affect the resume portion of your, uh, your profile, which is the experience. Uh, but it it does give you the opportunity to paint a better picture than what your title does. Most of us agree that we are not our title. Regardless of how good our title is, we're not the title itself. We have uh, our own brand underneath that title. Here's the chance to get it on top.
0: It's 120 characters and it's keyword driven. In fact, it's the one area that even LinkedIn admits that they give extra value to in their algorithm. So this is an area where you'd want to use keywords. You know, if you're a project manager, what should be in your headline? Project manager, manager, right? So uh, just be conscious of the keyword driven characters that go into that headline. Uh, The second section would be the summary. I see so many people don't put enough content into the summary.
1: Or they use content that they they put on their 1994 resume, right. and and clearly they haven't updated that summary in how many years? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, make it modern. Yeah,
0: and and I see a lot of third person usage. Oh right? yeah, talking about myself in third person—that's yeah. just kind of weird. Well, <laughs> so it, it keeps it detached, I suppose. So there's three things that I recommend for a summary: just make sure that you use the first person, make it familiar. Uh, Talk like you're talking to a hiring manager, and then uh, reiterate some of your endorsed skills. Here's the problem with endorsed skills on LinkedIn. They only show three by default, even though you can have 50. That doesn't mean you can't put those also into the summary so somebody can see it as they're reading. They don't have to scroll down, click the See More button, and check out your endorsed
1: skills. You have up to 2,000 characters. Uh, I, I would recommend be as succinct as you can because the longer it is, the less likely they'll read to the end. With that said front load the important stuff. This is journalism 101. Mm -hmm. Some people only read headlines. Some people only read the first paragraph or two. It's a much smaller percentage that read the story all the way to the end. The same is going to be true for your summary. So front load it with the things that are most important that will get you the kind of job you're looking for.
0: On that note, it's okay to use white space in the summary because they give you so much Right? They give you 2,000 characters, so it's it's okay to put an extra carriage return or some spacing between letters, right If you're trying to do a head headline, don't use that for keywords. but and you can use emojis and, and special characters and all kinds of things. Although you can't use formatted text, which is really weird.
1: Right. And, And with that said, I'm glad you brought up the whole emojis thing. Be aware of what happens in your industry because some jobs won't appreciate emojis. Really think twice before using them. now. If you're working in an industry or you want to get into an industry that is very young, very, for lack of a better term, very millennial, uh, you probably can get away with it. If you're trying to get in with a hiring manager who's more seasoned, you might not have the same reaction. So be careful. On top of that, you may want to also attach a link or a file
0: Uh, to add additional content to your profile. The nice thing about putting a link in is it actually will give a preview in your summary now so that people know there's more content there. It encourages them to click to see more of the summary. Right. Because the summary, by default,
1: I think only shows like four or five lines. So if you are already doing a blog on the industry that you want employment in, then Put that blog link there so they can read all the things that you've written before. Uh, But do make sure that you're putting in links that are actually appropriate for the career that you're you're presenting on LinkedIn. If you are looking for a sales job and you provide a link for what you're doing as a hobby, probably is not going to serve you very well.
0: So the next area you can make updates is experience. This is probably gonna reflect pretty closely to what you have on your resume, but it's also an opportunity for you to increase or add or improve on your accomplishment statements.
1: And the good thing about this is you don't have the same kind of space limitations that you would on a paper resume. For decades, we've been told, don't put in so much information that it goes beyond two pages. Uh, Obviously, the exception would be for VPs, directors, executives uh, who have a breadth of experience that doesn't fit on two pages. Most of us are not CEOs. On a paper resume, we're limited. This has far fewer limitations. Uh, The difference
0: is LinkedIn is constantly changing their user interface, and it used to be the entire experience section was exposed for people to read. Now they only default on the first one. I think it's five or six lines. On the second roll, it's two or three lines. And, and then now you get the see more. Well, yeah, then you get to see more. So again, the idea here under experience is you should front load your strongest stuff yep. to the beginning. Very good. Uh, and then also add media files so that people can see to actually click the see more because it's gray and it's small and it's off to the side now which could change by the time you hear this episode. Indeed. So that's it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. You can find show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 019.
1: So thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Your investment of time is really appreciated. You came here and I hope we delivered for you.
0: If you felt like it was worth your time, energy, and effort, please take an extra two or three minutes, go over to iTunes, and subscribe to get future episodes. While you're there, we'd really appreciate any feedback you'd have for us in a rate and review process there on iTunes. We really do listen, so please give us some feedback. This is Andrew. And I'm Scott. We'll catch you next time on Job Seekers Radio. Bye-bye now.